Welcome to the Rosemont Baptist Church Podcast. Rosemont is a thriving group of believers who desire to connect with Jesus and His church, grow in faith and understanding of God's Word, and serve in our local area and around the world. We are located in LaGrange, Georgia at 3794 Hamilton Road and invite you to attend any of our three services on Sunday mornings. Please visit our website at rosemontchurch.org for more information. And now we pray that God speaks to you in a personal way as you listen to this week's message from Pastor Adam Camp. All right, let me pray for us now. We're going to jump right in and study. Father, we thank you for our time together this morning. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to recognize these families uh, that have taken these children in, have loved them, Father. We recognize these people that have been adopted and celebrate their families and what they did for them. I thank you now for the opportunity, Lord. Uh, to worship in a free country. Thank you for the men and women that have gone before us that have served faithfully, Father, so we can be here today uh, and enjoy all that you've done for us and for our country. And Lord, as we open your word now, let us worship you. Let us hear from you, Father. May we, uh, through the power of the Spirit, uh, understand what you've called us to do and who you are. And may we be transformed more and more into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Take your Bibles and open to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. As you're opening to Luke 10, very quickly, fall flannel formal men, we need you to sign up as soon as possible because we're buying a lot of meat for this thing, okay? And we need to know how much meat to buy. Uh, I was just told before this service that somebody donated 20 free tickets to this. So if money's an issue for you, you can have one for free. You just got to go out here to the Connect Desk, sign up, grab you a ticket. We'd love for you to be a part of this. It's always just a fun time of fellowship. Great food, mechanical bull, all the fun things we're going to do. Just a time to hang out. Love for you to be a part of that. Okay, Luke chapter 10. If you didn't bring your Bibles, there's a black Bible in front of where you're sitting. You can grab, open up to 868. We'll be in Luke chapter 10 this morning. We're continuing our series. We've entitled Defining Us, Connect, Grow, Serve. And we've cast a vision for you. And we've kind of given you a picture of where we want to go as a church and what we feel like we ought to be doing, and how you ought to be led. And so I'm going to read it to you. We've kind of looked at it every week. But we want you to connect to Jesus and his church, grow in faith and understanding of God's word, and serve Jesus here and around the world. So we're working through this. We're challenging you. We've challenged you to memorize scripture, John 1, 1 through 18. And on a Christmas Eve service, we're going to say that out loud together. I hope you're working through that and challenging your family to learn that. Uh, I bet your children are probably doing a better job than you are at it. That's okay. Keep pushing, keep working, and get that memorized. And then during our serve section, Serve Jesus here and around the world, we're challenging you to serve somewhere. And so we've set up this ministry fair, this serve fair in the back hallway and in our lobby with all sorts of opportunities for you to serve Jesus here and around the world. And so we want you to go out between services and talk to people Ask the Lord to kind of give you a vision of what you ought to be doing. Maybe it's say families this morning because of what you heard or adoption or foster care. Uh, maybe it's something else. But I want to challenge every person in our church to serve somewhere. If you're already serving faithfully, continue to do that. Praise the Lord for you. We want you to continue to serve. If you're not serving, find a place of service. Okay? Find something you can do and serve the Lord and that serve uh, area outside over the next couple of weeks will help you do that. Now this morning as we continue through our study, we're going to think about serving Jesus here and around the world and we want to talk about the idea of radical hospitality. How do we show radical hospitality to other people? In order to do that, we're going to look at, look at Luke chapter 10. So you've already got your Bibles open. 
We're going to begin in verse 25 and just kind of work through this together. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. Many of you are familiar with it and have heard it. And I hope as you hear it this morning and kind of see the truth in Scripture, you'll be challenged in the way you think and in the way you live. So Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test. This is Jesus, right? So this lawyer stands up, puts Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? By the way, it's a great question. We all ought to be asking and answering that question. And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And so he answered, This is the lawyer speaking again. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And your neighbor as yourself. And he said to them, Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Now this is interesting here because Jesus is telling this man, listen, if you can truly love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you can truly love your neighbor as yourself, if you can do these things, you will live. You will be saved. Right? The problem is nobody can actually do those things. Nobody can actually love the Lord with all their heart. Nobody can actually love the Lord with all of their mind and with all their strength. Nobody can actually love their neighbor as themselves. And so the Bible says this man's going to kind of justify himself. So verse 29, so desiring to justify himself, he said to Jesus, so who's my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among the robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down the road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Now I'm going to give you the first truth, and I want to work, we're going to have to work through this quickly. We wanted to take a lot of time doing this this morning, and we did that. So we're going to kind of get through this quickly, but I'm going to give you the first truth this morning. Number one, we should show compassion for others even when they're not like us. We should show compassion for others even when they are not like us. Now, I want you to notice, a priest passes by this guy that's been beat up. A Levite passes by the guy after he's been beat up. And a Samaritan stops. Now, if you just kind of read through this and didn't understand any of the background or any of the history, this wouldn't mean anything to you. But what you need to understand is to the Jewish person, this lawyer was a Jewish man, Jesus was a Jew. To the Jewish people at the time, the Samaritans were looked down upon. They were evil. They saw them as less than human. They didn't want to be around them. They didn't want to come in contact with them. They certainly didn't want to touch them. And so when Jesus kind of tells this story, listen, the priest walked by, the Levite walked by, and it was the Samaritan who actually stopped and helped. Jesus wants us to understand, listen, compassion must be for everyone regardless of who they are. You understand that? So it doesn't matter the color of their skin, it doesn't matter their language, it doesn't matter their culture, it doesn't matter their background, whatever. We learn from this truth, what Jesus is teaching here, that our neighbor is the person that's different than us, and we need to love that person regardless of who they are. Now there are all sorts of needs in our world. Right? Jesus was very good at meeting physical needs in order to then have spiritual conversations with people. So he would heal people and then share the gospel with them. And so we have this model that Jesus has given us. Listen, if we'll love people and help people, it'll give us this chance now to share Christ with him. And so the question becomes, listen, who am I reaching out to? Who am I trying to help? 
Who's the person that works right beside me or lives across the street from me or that I know really well that's struggling spiritually or struggling physically? What can I do to help this person? How can I love this person the way Christ loved me? We need to be compassionate and we need to love people regardless of who they are. Now look at verse 34. So he went to him and he bound up his wounds. I don't want you to notice there's action here. Pouring on oil and wine, he sat next to him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and he gave to the innkeeper saying, Take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy, Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Here's truth number two. We must love people with action not just good intentions. We need to love people with actions, not just intentions. I don't know about you, but I have the greatest of intentions oftentimes. I really want to do something well, or I want to be kind, or I want to love somebody the way Christ loves. I've got great intentions. I'm not always able to act those things out, but I want you to notice the action of this man. Verse 34, he went to the guy that was hurt. He bound up his wounds. He poured oil and wine on them. He set him on his own animal. He brought him to an inn. He took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and then he said, I'm going to repay you when I come back. It's action after action after action after action. One writer explained it like this. He said, the real issue is not whom we should serve, but that we serve. The concern moves us from how we see others to how we are to act. The shift internalizes the demands and radicalizes them. We are not to ask who our neighbor is. We are to be a neighbor. So I want you to see within this man not not only his actions, but the fact that he was willing to sacrifice for this guy. You know, we we talk about people that that give and help, and, and we've got a very giving church, praise the Lord, We've got a, a very missions-minded church, but I'm going to speak for myself, right? I can't speak for you. I'm going to speak for me. I don't always give to the point of sacrifice. I give a lot of times out of abundance, right? And so the question becomes, as I read this text, and I understand how this man lived and what he actually gave up, the question becomes, listen, am, am I giving only out of my abundance, or am I willing to sacrifice and love these people the way Jesus loved me? Because if all we ever do is give out of abundance, we may be missing some of this. John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Now scholars, when they read this, they kind of give us a little clue into the history of what's going on here. So I want you to understand what's happening here. Right? You see this priest... And this Levite, they're coming back from Jerusalem. And most scholars believe, because of the way the context of the story, they were coming from the temple. So you got the priest and the Levite that have left the temple. Now let's fast forward 2,000 years, put it in modern terminology. These people had just left church. They just walked out of church. They see this man in need, this man in need, and instead of helping him, they walk right by him and ignore him. Now here's the indictment for us, right? Here's the application. We need to do more than just attend church. We've got to live our faith out in the world. You understand that? Like if all we ever do is in the walls of this building, we've got a beautiful building, beautiful facilities. 
I'm so proud of what the Lord has done here and excited. We're so blessed. But if all we ever do happens in this room or in one of these other rooms or on this campus, we're missing this calling. We've got to be willing and able because of the love of Christ in our lives and all he's done for us and all he's given us. We've got to be willing to kind of step outside of the walls and not just have good intentions but have action as well. We need to be willing to do whatever it takes to love people in the name of Christ. We need to have radical hospitality for everyone, regardless of who they are, outside of the walls of this building. Now, some of you are thinking, that's good. I understand that. I see this truth. Uh, but I'm not quite sure how to live it out because I don't typically leave church and see a guy that's been beat up on the side of the road. So how can I live this out? What are some actual, practical things I can do? So I'm going to give you a list on our screen of just simple practical examples how you can show radical hospitality, right? This is between you and the Lord, how you do it. Maybe this will jog your thinking a little bit. Maybe it will encourage you a little bit, but I've got a list on the screen. Here's, here's the first one. You can adopt or do foster care or do, say, families. After all you've seen this morning, after the display of love and compassion from these families and from these precious children, maybe the Lord's led you to do something. Maybe the Lord's challenged you to be involved in, say, families, to adopt. And, and by the way, you need to understand this. There, there are lots of levels here, okay? Just because you say you want to help doesn't necessarily mean you're going to adopt a person tomorrow. It might. It doesn't necessarily mean that. There's everything from adopting a child all the way down to just a, a family that wants to support another family that has adopted. And everything in between. So if the Lord's kind of calling you to do something, you're not quite sure, go out to the Connect Desk, speak to one of these people. They can help you understand the options you have, but do something, right? It's a very practical, tangible way for you to get involved. Here's something else you can do. You can pray specifically for your neighbors. Like if I went around and asked you, hey, what are the names of all the people on your street? That's a hard question for a lot of people. Now, 50 years ago, you knew everybody, not anymore. Right, we live in a world that seems to be more and more isolated. Social media separates us, I think, oftentimes more than bringing us together. And so a lot of people don't know who's on their street. So the question is, do you know your neighbors? If not, have you met them? And if you've met them, how are you praying for them? Like, have you ever prayer walked your neighborhood? Have you ever prayed for the guy that every Sunday morning when you leave, he's out front doing his lawn because he doesn't go to church? Are we, are we praying for our neighbors? Here's a third thing you can do. It's real practical. You can write a note or give somebody a kind word. It's simple. Man, some of you work in, a, in an environment at work that's cutthroat or very difficult or, or maybe people aren't as kind as you would hope they would be. You'd be amazed at how a kind word or a kind note left to somebody would demonstrate to them that you care about them. It's not going to solve all their problems, but I tell you what it might do. It might open up a door so that something happens and then the next time they know, hey, this guy or this lady cared enough about me to say something kind to me or to leave me a note. I'm going to now go to that person with this problem and ask them if maybe they can help me. Opens doors for us. How about this one? Dinner with neighbors. Dinner with neighbors. Goes right to the next one. Neighborhood Christmas party. Those go together since this time of year. Amy and I have done this a couple times, and we talked about doing it again this year. Just invite your neighbors to have a Christmas party at your house. It's real simple. I need everybody to bring a dessert and a drink and a dirty Santa gift. Show up at 6. There's no agenda. We're just going to fellowship and enjoy and have fun. And the times we've done it, the people have left and said, man, why don't we do this more often? This is so fun. It's a simple way to get to know your neighbors, a simple way for you to love on them. I promise you, it's going to help you build relationships with them. So the next time you're leaving and they're out of their mailbox, you can roll the window down and begin to have a conversation with them. See, it's simple, not difficult. You can invite them into your home, have dinner with them, love on them, do fun things. Christmas present, 
for families that are less fortunate than you. That's something else you can do. And we've provided this for you. You heard about this last week. You heard about what we're doing and what we're going to try to accomplish. And we've got these packets. Every packet represents a child. You say, I'd love this Christmas to buy a gift for a kid. I'm not quite sure how to do it. We've got it done. We've tailor-made it for you. Tara Messer's been working really hard. She's got a team of people that have done this. We gave out 45 packets last Sunday. There's still a lot to give. It's got everything you need in it. It tells you what you need to buy, the age of the kid, what to do with it. And then on December the 14th, these families are coming to our church. We're going to give them their gifts. We need people to sign up to pray for these families, to minister to these families, to love on these families. A very tangible, simple way you can show radical hospitality. Somebody just pick it up this morning, be a part of that process. You can help somebody with a project around their home. You cut the grass, chop wood, pressure wash, whatever. But of everything you do, the last thing I've got on the screen this morning, you should ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Like I promise you, I'll give you, this is a money back guarantee for you, okay? If you pray that the Lord would lead you to help somebody in your life, I promise you he'll do it. I promise you. You're not going to pray, Lord, would you please open up my eyes that I can help somebody and the Lord's going to go, oh, I don't know of anybody, Adam. Golly, why you, you got to spring this on me like this, man? I don't know what's going on. I promise you, God's got somebody in mind already. He already wants you to work. Probably that person at work or your neighbor or maybe a family member or somebody you sit at the lunch table with, students or a teacher, whatever. He's got somebody in mind. All you need to do is ask him. Lord, just open my eyes to what you want to do. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead me to work with this person. I promise you, he will do it. Now, let's finish up. Look at verse 36. We need to wind this thing down. Luke 10, 36. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Right? Jesus commanded this man to go. Jesus demonstrated this. Jesus lived this out in his life. So truth number three for us, very simply, only through Christ can we gain salvation and truly love others. Only through Christ can we gain salvation and truly love others. Right? Jesus says, listen, this is how you need to live. You need to be willing to sacrifice. You need to be willing to go. You need to be willing to give. You need to be willing to do whatever it takes to love people radically. Now, here's the connection. Because of all Jesus did for us, because of all he gave for us, because of all he sacrificed for us, it compels us now to go into the world and do the same for others. How are we living out radical hospitality in our lives? Now, I want you to close up your Bibles. I want you to close up your notes. I'm going to challenge you just with a couple of quick questions like we do at the end of this series every time. Just kind of settle back in, put your stuff down, close your eyes just for a second, and I want you to kind of answer just a couple of questions. The first one is, who's your neighbor? And so I want you to do something very specific for me right now. I want you to pray just within your heart that the Lord would lead you. Put somebody on your mind, put somebody on your heart, lead you to that person that he wants you to share with or love on or be involved in. Whoever that is, I promise you, he's not going to disappoint you. If you begin to pray about who this person is, he's going to open your eyes. Maybe it's tomorrow at work or one day next week. But as you pray about this, he's going to show you, listen, this is the person. And then I want you to answer this question. Once the Lord opens your eyes to this person, how are you going to love them radically in the name of Christ? Like, What steps are you actually going to take? Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to live? How do you want to demonstrate your love through me 
into the life of this person. Father, we thank you for your word. It's always clear. It's always understandable. If we study it and spend time, Father, you speak to us through it, and we thank you for that. And so, Father, we take this truth of radical hospitality and loving our neighbor and action and, and sacrifice and sharing the gospel, Father, and we, we internalize that and try to understand it and ask you now, Lord, what do you want us to do with it? Who's the person, Father? Who's the person in our life that you want to put on our heart and our mind that we need to love on? We need to show radical hospitality. Who is it, Father? And then once you've opened up that truth into our lives, once we know who that is, Father, allow us to begin to pray for that person and then show us, Lord, the steps. What do you want us to do now, Father? What's the plan? for How do we want to move forward in loving this person and sharing with this person, Father? Lord, we thank you for what you've given us. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for this truth. Lord, please give us the, the love and the compassion we need to love others as you've loved us. And we'll praise your name for all that you do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.